Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Damian Lillard is arguably the most popular trailblazer ever. He's a seven-time All-Star, the Blazers' all-time leading scorer, and a cold-blooded sharpshooter whose late-game heroics were so legendary and so regular that you could put them on a clock. What time was it? It was Dame time. When the new season starts in the fall, though, Dame time is very likely going to be in a different time zone, maybe on the East Coast in Miami. After 11 seasons and many years of fearful fan speculation, Lillard has requested a trade and an era will soon be over. What has Damian Lillard on the court and off of it meant to you? We want to know what your favorite memories are. And as soon as our phone lines are working again, you can give us a call and uh, and let us know. But in the meantime, Mike Richmond joins us. He is a host of the Locked on Blazers podcast. Mike, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Some players take a while. Most players take a while to get used to the NBA, but not Damian Lillard. Even though he came from Weber State, not known as a basketball powerhouse, he made an immediate impact. What was his rookie season like? He was great from basically the moment they said go. He had 23 points and 11 assists in his NBA debut against the This Is Going To Be Fun Lakers with Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol and Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. He was excellent uh, right away, and he was the unanimous rookie of the year at the end of that season. Dame was a guy who was supposed to be the point guard that took over and, and guided the Blazers to the next era, and he barely waited a quarter to be ready to do exactly that. One of the things that seems striking from the beginning is just is as something that that's was has always been a part of his game is just how calm and collected and ready he is uh, in any situation, whether he's scored a lot during the you know the first three and a half quarters or not, he always seemed to be confident. Where do you think that's come from? He is someone who has, I think, always believed that he was maybe better than what those around him believed. Uh, he was, you know, lightly recruited out of high school in part because he didn't play for the right AAU team. He played for the AAU team with a less fancier shoe deal. Um, he, so he ended up going to Weber State. And then, you know, coming out of Weber State, he was like the small college, oh, is, you know, is it going to translate type of thing, as you just alluded to. And I think the thing that didn't change with Dame is he had an unwavering belief in himself. And so, uh, he, he was able to carry sort of that chip and that quiet confidence. And then once you have enough success, like he did early on, it doesn't, it's not a quiet confidence anymore. It is a loud and brash confidence that maybe he just holds himself a little bit differently. Hmm. Steve Walton, um, wrote to us on Facebook. We asked our listeners what their favorite, uh, Lillard memories are. And he wrote off court memories are significant among them. Lillard's community service ads, encouraging inclusion among young people and his calm demeanor, promoting cooperation and team unity among players. Damien is a rare superstar who models exemplary behavior. My 
choice for on-court memories is Dame's 2014 three-pointer in the last 0.9 seconds to beat Houston and move Portland into round two of the playoffs. Watching it again today is as magical as it was then. My kids won't ever forget the prolonged whooping that erupted from our TV room when Dame made that shot. Maureen Tingley Holm uh, wrote about that same game. She wrote, The first thing that came to mind was his buzzer beater in the first round of the playoffs in 2014. It was the day we brought our younger daughter home from the hospital. Crazy that it was so many years ago. Let's listen to the radio call from that game. This was game six of the first round of the playoffs, as the folks mentioned, against the Houston Rockets. Uh, And there were only 0.9 seconds left. The Blazers were down by two. And Howard is defending Aldridge. So in case the Blazers go for a two to their best player, Howard is defending him. Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. Boom! That boy is special. You've got to pinch me. I must be dreaming. I'll pinch you. In an absolutely incredible first-round playoff series that ends in the most dramatic way possible, Damian Lillard takes an inbounds pass from Nikola Batum and nails a three-pointer. There was absolutely no doubt Chandler Parsons ran at him late, but far too late. And Lillard connects as the horn sounds and the Blazers walk off the court winners 99-98. And for the first time in 14 years, the Blazers have won a playoff series and they couldn't have done it in a more thrilling fashion. That was the now retired Blazers play-by-play announcer Brian Wheeler. What made Lillard such, well, I shouldn't, he's not, it's not the past tense. (laughs) Although I guess that says something about just a vibe right now among Blazers fans. Uh, But what makes Lillard such a special offensive player? Well, he kind of changed the geometry of the sport. That maybe might be a little bit of an overstatement for an afternoon show on a Friday, but I truly believe it. Um, Lillard came in during the sort of evolution of three-point shooting, and then he took that evolution of three-point shooting where teams were shooting more and from further away more often than any other point in NBA history. And he said, well, what if I just stand at 35 feet? Instead of, you know, 22 and a half where the three-point line is, what if I back up 10 more feet? What if I back up further and further and further? And and it it changed the way teams had to guard him. It changed the way. It just changed the whole geometry of basketball. And he's he's... He's maybe not the greatest shooter of all time, but he's the greatest long-range shooter in terms of accuracy from beyond 30 feet that the league has ever seen. Let's have a listen to a voicemail that came in. My name is Pedro, and I'm just commenting on uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, Man, he's meant a lot of class. He brought a lot of class to that organization. Um, You know, I support him 100%. You know, that's what winners do, man. They go out and they got to go get a championship, right? So if Damien hears this, go get one, brother. All right, peace. (laughs) It's a funny situation where a lot of Blazers fans, I think, would genuinely be happy to see Damien Lillard win a championship now with another team. I mean, not as much as they would like to see the Blazers win the championship, but more so, I think, than I can remember in terms of 
somebody from your team going somewhere else. Why do you think that is? I think it's because Dame has cultivated a sort of honesty with the fan base. Now, I will say in this in this current moment, like the two week window that we are recording this now that the show is this airing is that I think the fans have kind of soured on the way this exit is happening and the breakup and all those things. But there was for a long time this idea that that the Blazers should set Dame free. And because he had this sort of honesty that he had cultivated about himself, he wanted it to work in Portland. He wanted to have the parade down Broadway. He imagined setting up, you know, fans setting up outside El Gaucho and him waving to them as he as he walked down Broadway. Like he was he was he truly meant it when he said it. And I think that sort of honesty, like I want to get it done the right way, made fans kind of lean towards saying, well, if he can't get it done here, I want him to get it done somewhere because it truly is meaningful to him in the way that it is meaningful to us. There had been speculation for years that Lillard would request a trade, but he never did until this past week. What was the final straw? Uh, the linear passage of time, I think, was the, <laughs> the big thing that caught up with him. Um, you know, the, he was very clear uh, at his when the Blazers conducted their exit media interviews in uh, in April when their season ended that he did not want to play with young players. He said, that's enough for 19 year olds. And if the organization chooses to go that route, that's not my route. He, he couldn't have been more clear. And then when the NBA draft came around, the Blazers not only took a 19-year-old and Scoot Henderson, they took a 19-year-old who plays the same position as Damian Lillard. So it just became clear that they were prioritizing what's next. And I think at he's going to turn 33 next week, um, uh, next Saturday. And, and um, I think that sort of where the team is at and contemplating the own mortality of your NBA career, which ends much faster than the rest of our careers, he said, now is the time to do this because the Blazers are no longer on the same timeline as he is. But what other options this spring and currently did did the Blazers have with the money that they had to play with, the, the draft pick that they had, a, a pretty high one, but they didn't, didn't luck into number one, and the players they already have? I mean, by, by this point, what other options did they have? Well, they could have. They had two first round draft picks. They had the number three overall, which is the Scoot Henderson pick, and they also had number twenty three in the draft. They've got young players on the roster like Shaden Sharp and Amphrey Simons, who would have been uh, somewhat appealing in trades. They didn't really have big money to spend in free agency, but there's not some big prize out there to be earned by signing someone to a free agent contract this particular summer in the NBA. So mostly, it was exploring the trade market, trading young players already on the team to upgrade um, to upgrade the roster, particularly with people who are a little bit taller. That's what the Blazers need. They need a little bit more length. And when they chose not to do not to do that when they said it was more valuable just to to move forward with youngsters and and be a little more pragmatic in their team building they ended up here they basically needed to swing a big trade around the draft and once the draft passed at the end of june it became clear they weren't going to swing that big trade and here's where we find ourselves this is where a couple people who wrote in on on facebook focused natasha gaskin wrote he is the reason i started watching nba games he has made such a positive impact in our community i feel like the blazers gave up on him ln theo wrote something similar a very sad day in Puddletown for sure with the right ownership and management dame could have led the blazers to championships 
looking back now, I mean, is there an obvious better path that the team could have taken to build a, a, a true championship contender around Damian Lillard over the last few years? Oddly enough, it probably happened just before their most successful season in the Damian Lillard era. In 2019, they made the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they finally won a second round playoff series. It's the only time Dame has been to the conference finals during his career. But the year prior to that, they won 51 games. They were the number three seed in the Western Conference, and they got smacked out of the playoffs, uh, summarily dispatched by the New Orleans Pelicans. They were swept as a as the higher seed. They lost the first two games at home. They ended up losing in four to the Pelicans, and that that should have been the moment when they when they tore it down, um, when they traded CJ McCollum and and tried to get uh, just a. a better pairing with Dame, not someone who's so similar in size to him. CJ McCollum, six foot two, Damon Lord around that same size as well. They should have punted on maybe some of their front court players like Yusuf Nurkic, et cetera. They probably should have fired the coach at the time and gone just like new direction, new blood, new voices, new everything. But they didn't because Dame was steadfastly loyal to his people for the most part. And he he straight up went to ownership and asked them to give them a chance to not fire folks, to give them one last shot. And they came back next year and won the Western Con- and they got to the Western Conference Finals. So the timing was odd. And then when they chose, when they, when you don't make the decisions in 2018, it led to the path where they are now. Hmm. I should say, if you're just tuning in, we're talking right now about Damian Lillard, one of the most beloved trailblazers of all time. He has requested a trade and will most likely finish his career somewhere else. We talked to him before the 2017 season, and at, in that conversation, I asked him how he saw his role as a, a team leader evolving. This is what he said. As an individual, I think I've accomplished a lot. There's a lot of things that you know people know that I could do, but for me as a leader, I think this year is going to be a taking that next step and showing how I can elevate my teammates. You know how I could make bigger weapons out of other guys make other teams respect them more so the game comes easier to me and, and making us a winning team. You know, I think that's the next thing. Instead of trying to shoulder the load so much and take it to the next level for myself, just trying to bring, help guys come along, You know, make the game easier for other guys so they come along and, and they have better seasons as well. How much do you think he did that? How much do you think he was an effective team leader who made his teammates better? Well, there's almost like a, a meme around Dame's leadership, uh, his famously inclusive leadership is, is what sort of the joke around it is that he he just he brings guys with him. Like if you wear the same jersey as him, if you're on his team and you're you're a coworker, then he says, I'm I I implicitly and explicitly trust you. Follow me. I will you know raise you up and and make the game easier for you. The the, the real truth about sports is that um, I think the best players don't. They don't make the game uh, simpler or make players better. They just make it easier to do your job because they're so good. And that's what Dame's special sauce was. Well, he was so good that he could rise. He could help people have an easier time at work. And then he also was instilling a lot of confidence in them at the same time. So your day jobs, your job at work is going to be easier. And also the guy leading the way is going to tell you that you're really stinking good at it. He was, for the most part, an excellent leader and sort of um, carried that sort of stewardship over into the community as well. Um, Butch Dunn on Facebook wrote about his favorite Lillard memory. 
being at the Moda Center with my son the night he hit the winning shot to send Oklahoma City, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook packing in their playoff series, I still feel bad about losing my balance and falling on the guy next to me. Let's have a listen to the call from that game. George backing up. Miller doesn't want to pick. Dame going for the win. A three-pointer for the game. That, again, was uh, the Oklahoma City ending game, ending their time in the playoffs, and the Blazers moving on. Uh, let's listen to another voicemail we got. This is Pam Williams, who said that she lives in the Pearl District, and she walks to Blazers games whenever she can. Here's her message. We've often been told that Portland is a small basketball market, that talented players aren't excited to come here, that as a city, we've experienced some dark times. But on the plus side, I think we are first rate when it comes to knowing a thing or two about respect and loyalty. We've learned about both from our young but masterful teacher, Damian Lillard. So now what? He's left such a legacy of goodwill We've got to rise above our sadness and troubles to thank him for his work. I hope that the Rip City sign is filled from R to Y with thanks from fans. And maybe a billboard, a silo, a street name, maybe a lane. I'm so sorry that we weren't able to deliver him a champion trophy. Let's try for a much-deserved giant thank you. Mike, I happened to be at the the first game that C.J. McCollum played at the Moda Center last year after he'd been traded to New Orleans, and there was a, a standing ovation for something like a minute. It just went on and on and on. I kept thinking it was going to end, and then it got louder. Um, it was a, a really moving moment, and that was for a beloved player in C.J. McCollum who I don't think the love for for Lillard is at a different level. What are you expecting? Assuming everything happens as we're as as it seems like it will and Lillard is traded and then comes back, what are you expecting that evening to be like? Strange is the is the main thing. I expect it to be really strange. When 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 guys in sports when when they are sports careers are so short that when someone does stick around for a decade or 11 seasons like Dame, they really become part of the whole like fandom. You know, they become part of like this deep generational fandom. Kids who were in the fifth grade are graduating college and only know Dame as, as sort of as the Blazers. So I expect it to be strange because it'll be, he'll get wild cheers, wild. Like if, if, and I was at the game as well with, with CJ, when CJ came back, that what that lasted forever they let it breathe they kind of killed the sound in the stadium and just kind of let everyone cheer they'll do twice as that twice as loud for dame twice as long they'll give him a video they'll do it'll be sweet but it's also just it'll be really odd to see him wear another jersey and get 
an, announced with the other team. It, it, it'll be tr- truly bittersweet. I, I, I really believe it. Hmm. A number of people who wrote in to us mentioned Damian Lillard's work uh, and impact off of the court. Susan Larman said, amazing player, but his off-the-court actions, great role model in the community. The image of him leading a Black Lives Matter march on the bridge is forever emblazoned on my mind. When Lillard was on the show with us in 2017, that's actually what we focus on, his political activism. At the beginning of the interview, I asked him what it was like when people essentially say that professional athletes should just shut up and play. And this was his response. Looking at it now and, and how they want us to just, just go out there and play basketball, you know, put that jersey on and uh, be proud and, you know, don't don't represent anything, don't stand for anything, don't have an opinion. Uh, just be respectful and go out there and play. That's kind of, for me, it, it makes me think back to kind of the way it was um, with slavery when it was, they want the young strong and, you know, his arms long, he got big calves, it's, you know, it, it reminds me of that. You know, they just want us to go out there and do what, what we're built to do. You know, we're good athletes. We're physically strong. You know, we're very capable. It reminds me of that type of attitude. You know, they don't want to know what we think. They don't want to. They don't care how we feel about something. It's just go out there and do what your job is. You make a lot of money, and we don't want to hear about it. So that's, that's kind of the, the vibe that I get from it. Mike, can you give us a sense for how Damian Lillard has approached activism Sure. I, I think I think for Dame, being part of the community was meaningful to him, in part because of his he identified with sort of the like small market nature of Portland. So part of being uh, you know the 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 figurehead or the the face of that small market was in like ingratiating himself in the community in a real way. You know, he did a bunch of activism in at local high schools and stuff. But also, he kind of picked his spots. You know, he wasn't someone who was. Um, constantly trashing the a former president of the United States or anything like that. He was, when things were meaningful to him, he made sure to put his voice to it. So it had an authenticity when he did choose to speak up or when he did choose to participate. Um, he, it, he wasn't necessarily doing it for brownie points or because it was the right thing to do or because his peers were like sort of involved. He would, he would, when things were meaningful to him, he would pursue them and, 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 and it, it lended that sort of air of authenticity to it. Hmm. Damian Lillard has been very clear uh, that the team he wants to play for is the Heat, a a team that would uh, maybe even go further than they just did and win a championship. But do the Heat have players that the Blazers want? I mean, and how does this work here? He says, I want to be traded. Obviously, it's up to the team to trade him. What's in the Blazers' best interest? Yeah, we've reached the like ugly divorce part of the program. Um, it's just you want these things to end neatly. It would be nice if Dame said, "Hey, I'd love to go somewhere," and that team that he wanted to go to had a perfect little neat package and said, "Here you go. Here's an offer," and and, and it's just not going to work that way. The Heat's can trade. If they get creative, up to three first-round picks for Damian Lillard. They've got a couple young players, Nikola Jovic, uh, 6'10 forward, uh, Serbian forward, uh, uh, 6'7 forward, Jaime Jaquez, who they just drafted out of UCLA. Um, And then they've got a a young player, Tyler Hero, who's really similar to what the Blazers already have on the roster. He's 23 years old. He can score. He's not much of a defender. He's a really good player, but he's a lot of overlapping with the skills they already have. So between the sort of the biggest piece the Heat have to trade doesn't fit the Blazers' plans, and their sort of overall lack of 
enticing draft picks because some of the picks they have to trade are in 2028 and 2030, which um, those people are literally literally seventh graders right now. So I, I think I think the Heat don't have this super enticing package. And because Dame has narrowed his choice to one team in South Florida, it's kind of rubbing people the wrong way and quite frankly, rubbing the organization the wrong way. And, and there's going to be it's going to be a messy split by the time it finally happens. Although the flip side is hard to imagine a split like this happening in the end any other way. Right. These things don't end well. That's why they end. Mike Richmond, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. Mike Richmond is the host of the Daily Blazers podcast, Locked on Blazers. 